Welcome to the Kupinger Call Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm Lead Advisor and Senior Analyst at Kupinger Call Analysts. Today I'm joined by two guests and I'm happy to talk to both of them about an interesting development in the area of cybersecurity. Hi, Alexei Balaganski and hi, John. So first, hi, Alexei. Well, hello, Matthias. Thanks for having me again. And hello, John, of course. It's, it would be a really interesting collaboration this time. Right. Hi, John. Hello. Nice to be on here with you both. Great to have you both. And I think you both had also some kind of discussion about that topic recently. So we want to convey and transfer this um, um, discussion over to this podcast episode. So it's really a, a current topic. We want to talk about um, a lot of acronyms today, four-letter acronyms, three-letter acronyms. But the main topic is XDR. So to start out with a definition, maybe you, John, what is XDR? What is the market segment here? You know, it's interesting. XDR is something that a lot of security vendors are talking about these days. Uh, and you'll find that the security vendors, you know, from the EDR and NDR side, which I'll de define it all here in a second, are, are kind of jumping on this bandwagon. So XDR, the X stands for extended detection and response. Uh, we see detection and response for endpoints. That's EDR, network detection and response. There's also a managed detection and response if, uh, you know, a third-party service is running some of those tools on behalf of customers. So there's lots of, you know, DR kinds of services and products that are out there. I think what makes XDR different is we've all become accustomed to EDR in the marketplace and the need for that to look for signs of compromise Uh, that may have been missed by, you know, other security tools. So it's it's a tool that allows you to do investigations and threat hunting and things like that uh, within your environment. NDR, network detection and response, is being able to detect threats and respond to them that show up on the network that may pass. Uh, you know, you may not see that with your EDR tools. Uh, so these typically plug into uh, network uh, span or tap ports and routers and switches and things like that. And many of them have a, a cloud component, too. So they have images that you can run in the infrastructure as a service providers to be able to collect tem telemetry from uh, various cloud instances. So kind of rolling it all together, XDR, uh, we think of as something that should catch all of that. You know, it should have a cloud component, an endpoint component, and a network component. And then it also needs to be fed by identity information, whether that's user behavioral analysis uh, and identity governments, governance and uh, administration kinds of tools, you know, audits, access, reconciliations, that sort of thing. Okay, great. So um, understood. I think that it's really a collection of, of many technologies combined in, under one umbrella. Uh, but why do we have XDR right now? Why, why are we moving towards that? And what is the history behind that, Alexei? Well, that's really, uh, I would say it's a much more important question than like define like what XDR is. It's like why and how is it different from the tools we already have? Because if, uh, if you look at it, uh, kind of from a layman's perspective, it's not really that much different from a quote-unquote traditional uh, theme or security information event management solution, right? Because all it does is basically collecting uh, 
security related stuff from everywhere in your IT infrastructure and then deciding what to do with it. And I really remember one person telling me that uh, he believed that an XDR tool is basically a scene without data lake. And although it sounds a little bit counterintuitive, it actually makes a lot of sense uh, in the hindsight. Because we have seen tools for probably like close to 30 years now. In the first scene platforms, we basically glorified log management solutions with a rules engine where you can configure what uh, string to look for and kind of alert uh, people that something bad has happened if you detect something in the log. It kept evolving over years. Uh, we then had uh, big data, so you could store lots of logs and lots of uh, other telemetry from different uh, sources. You could dig through it in almost real time. You could probably apply some machine learning to correlate the data across different sources. But in the end, a scene is basically a tool to help you know what's going on around your company or configure some rules and triggers and alerts to detect if something bad is happening, right? In a way, XDR does exactly the same. So what is the difference? And I would argue that uh, XDR is a typical case of this convergent evolution. It has evolved from a totally different route, as John just described. Uh, it all started with those uh, real-time endpoint detection systems, detection response, and then probably incorporated the network detection response. But the in my opinion, the biggest uh, difference is that an XDR solution is, first of all, uh, distributed. So you do not need to keep a huge central database of everything that's going on. Uh, it's uh, heterogeneous, so it can uh, uh, reach different types of systems, different types of uh, infrastructure. And of course, it's real time, meaning that you don't actually need to keep the, like, a year's worth of history uh, of your security telemetry. You can ingest everything in real time, analyze it in real time, and well, deliver some uh, insights or even mitigation actions in real time. That's the biggest difference. Okay, anything to add or to contradict, John? Well, I would just say, let's not forget the R part of XDR, um, you know, SIMs in many ways seem pretty passive, uh, you know, so I think it's, it's good to compare it to SIM or first generation SIM, but, uh, you know, like SOAR products or add-ons for SIMs, XDR, NDR, EDR, the R all means response. So being able to act on the information, hopefully autonomously, um, and take take those actions as warranted uh, and not have to wait in many cases for a human analyst interaction. Some of the basic things like being able to like go out and grab all the related forensic evidence, do the correlation, assemble that into a ticket, you know, make it easy for an analyst to come in and see what's going on. And then if need be, take additional actions on that. You know, and those actions can range from you know, isolating a host off the network to, you know, maybe automatically deleting uh, malicious files on endpoints, automatically, you know, deleting phishing emails all around an organization uh, so that users aren't tempted to open them. Uh, those are the kinds of advantages that I think that the uh, XDR and then the foregoing uh, EDR and NDR kinds of products can handle. 
right? So they really solve real life problems as of now that are occurring right now. So the promise of these products of this XDR is yeah, to keeping, keeping an organization safer, more secure by actively detecting and responding to these threats. Is this the reason why the industry is, is catching up on that, on that on that acronym, on that technology, it's really promoting that. Is that the reason for that or is there more behind that? Why is the industry moving towards XDR? I don't know who wants to answer. Alex, are you first? Yes. Well, first of all, I have to <laughs> say, yes, uh, absolutely what uh, I agree with everything John just said about themes and swords. So yes, one would argue that uh, a theme without any kind of uh, security orchestration and automation capabilities is a passive and in the end, rather useless uh, thing, or because you would end up doing a lot of manual research and manual mitigation. And yes, SOAR solutions have been specifically designed to fill this gap. And XDR is in a way basically kind of aiming to replace this combination of SIEM and SOAR. The problem is that uh, they aren't actually, uh, well, as you just said, the industry is uh, pushing this acronym uh, pretty strongly at the moment. They offer just about the same set of capabilities. As, uh, again, a modern next generation theme combined with a solar solution. So I guess uh, this is why many customers, like not many customers have actually uh, expressed interest in even learning about XDR solutions to say nothing about actually deploying them or like replacing the existing themes and socks with an XDR tool, right? Because uh, it's a totally new technology. It's based on a different uh, underlying stack of software, but uh, it promises to deliver the same capabilities. So I, I would ask, like, why? Why would I replace uh, maybe a slightly outdated but perfectly working solution with a new one which does the same? Maybe it's maybe I am missing something. What's your opinion, John? I would say this is almost entirely vendor driven by their marketing organizations at this point. I mean, I think that there are real use cases that this will solve, but I think it's a bit premature. And in some cases, I mean, you have vendors on the EDR side that say, you know, we can, we can listen to everything that goes by on the network. You really don't need a network detection and response solution. Um, but you know, I really don't think that's true because not every device in an organization can necessarily run an endpoint agent. So there's going to be things happening on different kinds of networks that would not be seen by EDR agents. And I think probably the two biggest examples of that are, you know, what we call OT, operational technology, industrial control, SCADA, uh, industrial IoT, those kinds of environments don't necessarily run desktops, laptops that can have agents installed on them to, to watch telemetry that goes by. So, you know, in that case, it's, it's very advantageous to have a network layer uh, sensing capability, whether you plug that into a switch or, you know, plug it in inline uh, to be able to collect that information. And then the other is medical environments. There are lots of medical devices that too, even if they run on standard operating systems like Windows, uh, they may be unable to install additional security software. So they can't have EDR agents either. And there have been cases that uh, we've read about where uh, 
medical devices uh, get infected with malware. And uh, obviously that's a, a horrible situation we want to prevent. So especially in OT and healthcare environments, I think it's important to be able to have network layer detection in addition to endpoints. So I see synthesizing the two, you know, endpoint and network. And by network, we do include cloud too. You know, so many organizations are hybrid. So you need a way to get information about what's going on in your various cloud instances and factor that into your overall, you know, risk posture. Uh, and be able to take action in all those environments too, shutting down network connections, maybe disabling users in the cloud, uh, you know, however you need to be able to respond to threats in any given environment. I think that's where the value for XDR will come into play. The way you describe these individual components and also the history where that comes from, that sounds to me like you said heterogeneous, which is the nice word for, for a zoo of different components put together under this umbrella term of XDR. Um, are these products even, is, if they're coined or named XDR, are they comparable? Are, do, are they comparable from functionality? Um, and, and how do they relate each other? Are there overlaps? Are there, are there gaps in some products? How, do, how does the market look like? Well, I guess we have to address this uh, again and again that uh, the same acronym, the same buzzword uh, can be used in a totally different context by different vendors. It was the same with uh, like uh, AI. It was the same with the cloud back then. It was the same with zero trust. XDR. Again, kind of different vendors means different things. I personally uh, kind of uh, am really interested in this concept of open XDR, which some companies are pushing. The idea that you do not need to deploy a, a special agent for each system you want to monitor, but you instead uh, talk to an existing agent from a totally different product. So if you are an XDR vendor, you might have a te technology partnership with an EDR vendor or with a network monitoring solution or with a cloud service provider to talk to the APIs, to talk to the existing agents or clients and collect that uh, real-time telemetry, again, in this heterogeneous and open and flexible way. To me, this is like the only reasonable and future-proof approach. Unfortunately, not many vendors actually implement it. Most uh, basically uh, develop this original EDR uh, approach. They have an agent which can collect something from an endpoint, and then they would continue to add more capabilities into that agent to sniff your network, to watch your cloud traffic and so on. But it's still the same standalone agent. Whether it's actually sustainable in the future, I'm not sure. You know, that sounds a lot like SOAR in, in some ways, you know, having a centralized, uh, collection point and action point, you know, to do the orchestration and response amongst many different kinds of downstream security tools. So I think, you know, you've hit upon something really interesting and that is as business requirements sort of consolidate into, we need to be able to take in information from all around all of our assets. I won't say network um, and, and figure out what's going on and respond appropriately. There may be, additional convergent evolution, as you were saying, between SOAR and XDR. I think they're they're both going to develop similar kinds of capabilities 
we, we may come to the point where uh, organizations choose between SOAR or XDR, or we also may see these kind of fold into one another. Well, in a way, I would say that even now, uh, this combination of uh, a reasonably good uh, SIN tool with a reasonably good SOAR tool uh, is almost equally uh, capable uh, to, again, a reasonably good modern XDR solution in terms of detection, analysis, uh, forensic, uh, and response. There is, however, one uh, more additional business requirement which XDRs are almost completely missing nowadays. It's the, this whole compliance reporting and audit. Again, a scene has this uh, huge advantage. It has this huge data lake, which can keep all your historical data for a year or even more, as long as you, you, you have your storage paid for, so to say. And XDR traditionally uh, do not rely on such a data lake. They only work in real time. They do not keep the history of what was happening back then. So it would be really difficult to create a, a compliance reporting like so. Am I protected? Uh, so how am I protected this week? Is it any better than last month? Uh, like, what if I want to monitor my kind of security posture trends over the last year? I can absolutely do it with a scene. I cannot do it with an XDR. You know, that's an interesting point too. Um, the real-time analysis nature of XDR versus storage SIM being operated upon by SOAR. You know, you think about some of the recent um, security incidents that have happened and and like Solar Winds, you know, that took what seven or eight months to finally detect. Um, there's there's real value in being able to go back and look at that. In fact, you know, looking at some of the reports that I'm working on in this space, I think it's important to be able to offer customers, if you're a security vendor, offer customers long-term storage because you want to be able to go back six or nine months, especially when you look at some of the the metrics out there about mean time to detect, you know, still five, six, seven months in some cases. So the idea that you can only rely or you only need to rely on real-time information from agents, I think is is not quite accurate. I think there's always going to be a need for looking at uh, data from the past and, you know, it could be a rather large amount of storage that's needed for that. You know, some of these SIM source solutions will uh, try to make it as efficient as possible by looking at metadata and not, you know, saving every packet. Uh, but still, there's I think there's a storage element that's going to be needed going forward. Well, if you remember, we had a very similar situation years ago with EDRs. Uh, just when the first EDR solutions appeared, they would just boldly proclaim the antivirus is dead. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you no longer need any signatures or uh, heuristic analysis or whatever uh, quote-unquote traditional uh, antivirus things. You just uh, analyze the behavior in real time and you will be able to detect and uh, mitigate all the challenges. It only took a couple of years to realize it just doesn't work. You cannot cover all the use cases and all the types of attacks with just real-time detection and response. So they had to adapt. They had to incorporate some EPP uh, functionality into those hardcore EDR tools. I believe the same will eventually happen with XDRs as well. But they will evolve towards uh, the scene-like capabilities. 
Yeah, I think you're right. It um, We've seen that evolution in the market where, just like you said, endpoint protection and EDR are now mostly wrapped together in what we're calling EPDR, endpoint protection detection and response. Uh, we see acquisitions in the network detection and response area. Uh, I think we will continue to see, you know, conglomerations of those functionalities as the larger companies uh, acquire some of the smaller ones that have uh, functionality in those areas that they don't so they can compete more effectively as a, you know, a, a security stack vendor. And then I think too, um, not just because I'm working on a report on distributed deception platforms right now, but certainly that has informed me that, you know, if you want to do active detection and response, these distributed deception platforms, I think, will will roll into uh, XDR in the next three to five years as well, because you know it's a good way. To, they're they're very advanced honeypots. I mean, I know a lot of the vendors don't want to call them honeypots, but you know, because they can simulate not just endpoints or servers, but you know, full active directories and applications, even things on the OT and ICS side. So having a deception environment allows you to detect. Uh, malicious activity uh, with high fidelity because anything that's happening in a deception environment, you can more or less be assured that it's malicious as long as you've properly concealed it. Uh, so that I think would make for very excellent information that feeds into an XDR platform in the future. Right. So from what I understand, what you described is that the marketing machine for XDI is already running quite smoothly. Um, the, the, the products, um, they are here in a version 1.0, um, or it's, uh, it's older solutions rebranded to being XDR, but the market has to, has to move, has to evolve. You've described this, that already. Um, are there any other areas where XDR should move in the future and where it makes sense? From, as of now, I understand that I still have to architect, um, a security solution that that combines these individual components into what I really need. This is not a plug and play and off the shelf solution that I can just use. I still have to create my proper solution. So XDR misses at that promise to be to just protect you. So it's still, yeah, having a strong security architecture in place and combining all these these products. So where can XDR move to to mitigate that problem that I see here? I don't know. Alexei, you start? Yeah, I think this is actually a great opportunity to mention uh, that a blog post John has recently written about uh, the whole topic of XDR and that uh, interesting uh, kind of van-like diagram, which you could probably uh, bring up uh, in the recording of the podcast. Uh, you would see that uh, what modern XDR vendors are trying to sell us is just the minimum uh, valuable, the minimal value product. It's just EDR, NDR, and maybe a little bit of SOAR. It doesn't incorporate all those other things which we have to cover as well. The, the cloud uh, workload protection, the, the whole uh, kind of part where we, we proactively scan our infrastructure for vulnerabilities. This is just as important as real-time detection. And of course, uh, we have to think about all those uh, Technologies which probably do not completely fit into the XDR picture, but at least uh, very tightly related to those. Like, for example, this whole uh, user behavior analytics. 
one would argue it's it's not really uh, an integral part of like EDR, but at least uh, it's related to user activities closely. And of course, you have to incorporate user activities uh, into this whole correlation and real-time monitoring. And of course, you have to uh, think uh, about this whole identity stuff. This is why, for example, the diagram includes identity governance uh, and administration. So there is a lot of uh, stuff which is still completely missing. And uh, when are we expected to see any of those capabilities delivered with the XDR label? It's probably the most important question. I think there are... I think there are a couple of vendors that are sort of leading the charge into XDR and they they're doing a good job with, you know, some of these early phase requirements. And I would imagine that they will continue to add on functionality like uh, like Alex is recommending, especially pulling in identity information. But, you know, there's kind of been this gulf between identity and cybersecurity. And I think that needs to be addressed in general, um, you know, because XDR and SOAR both are good places to unify your approach to identity management as well as overall cybersecurity posture. Uh, and both need to be considered uh, in any organization's overall risk management system as well. Okay, so if you look at this market um, of, of XDR and we and, and if it is like we described it, so it's still something that we should keep an eye on and we expect that to evolve rather rapidly over time. Um, I understand, John, that you've written that blog post where we've seen the picture from just right now um, and the, uh, this, this Venn diagram to show where the individual functionalities uh, can be located within this this area. Um, so I think this, a good starting point would be the, the blog post. Uh, which other reports, which other research um, are you working on? You, you've um, mentioned the, the work you are currently working on. Um, what else is there? So I'm close to finishing the Leadership Compass, our comparative report on distributed deception platforms. I'm also writing an update to Network Detection and Response, NDR. Uh, at some point in the, the near future, I'm going to start a leadership compass on endpoint protection, detection and response. And then probably next year, I'll be working on a leadership compass or a market compass on XDR. Uh, I think it will be good to survey vendors about what their current capabilities are and uh, see how that uh, compares. And then also I'll be updating the report on SOAR at some point. And I'm currently working on a leadership compass on, uh, as we call it, intelligent scene platforms. Of course, it's like the opposite of XDR, but I think it would be really interesting to compare, like, on, to see what kind of capabilities you should expect uh, from XDR tools to deliver to be at least uh, on the same kind of feature parity as the modern scene tools. Right, perfect. So I... I would I would expect that we will cover that topic in that podcast quite closely in in, in the upcoming time because I think there will be lots of changes and it's been great to talk to act to, to talk to two experts here um, that, that can provide two different angles um, actually agreeing but okay um, so uh, it's it's important to see that this is really something that is an evolving market and to continue um, monitoring that. 
So we have a starting point for reading more to, for the audience. So, and we have given a first insight into a evolving market, not yet mature market, um, lots of rebranding market. So, um, uh, thank you very much, John and Alexei for, for joining me today. Um, any final recommendations from I, one of you? Um, what else could the audience look at? I would say uh, if there was only one big takeaway from all today's discussion, it, don't trust the label. Uh, XDR isn't uh, kind of XDR tools aren't created the same. You have to look behind the label. You have to understand what is it exactly that the vendor is delivering, and uh, how difficult would it be to extend it in the future. I believe Open XDR like is the way, but well, maybe it will be called differently when you look at specific product. And I, I agree. I think we're in the early days. I think even the definition of XDR will change. I mean. O if this convergent evolution takes three to five years to really happen, then there will probably be other kinds of functionality represented by new acronyms that haven't even been born yet that will get rolled into this. So stick with us. We'll continue to follow this. We'll update. And, you know, as, as definitions and capabilities change, we'll stay on top of it. Great final words. Thank you very much, John. Thank you very much, Alexei, for joining me today. Thank, Thank you. you. And goodbye. Bye-bye. See you soon.